An old story tells of a person with a deeply troubled conscience who went to his pastor for advice and counsel. The person had repeated some maliciously slanderous things which later were found to be untrue. He asked the pastor what he could do to make amends. If you want to make peace with your conscience, the pastor said, you must fill a bag with goose feathers, go to every door in the village, and lay a feather on each porch. So the man went out and bought a large bag, filled it with goose feathers, and placed a feather on each porch in the village. He then went back to the pastor and said, I've done what you requested. Is that all I need to do? No, the pastor said, there is one more thing. Now take your bag and go back and gather up all the feathers. The man went to do as he had been instructed by the pastor. He returned some hours later and said to the pastor, I could not find the feathers, for the wind had blown them all away. The pastor replied, So it is with our words. Words are easily dropped, but we can never take them back again. Friends, words are powerful for good and bad. Words can be used to heal or wound, encourage or discourage, bless or curse, praise or criticize affirm or reject. Words can be used to lift up, but they can also be used to load down. Words can lead or words can impede. Words can motivate or words can debilitate. In our parable for this morning, the parable of the heart of man, or as I like to call it, the parable of the heart of humankind, Jesus has some things to say about the things we say. In this parable, Jesus has words about our words. Here's the backdrop. The religious leaders have come from Jerusalem to ask Jesus why his disciples are not washing their hands before they eat. Now understand, this is not what we think of as washing our hands before we eat. The religious leaders were upset because the the disciples of Jesus were not following the ritual of purification that was prescribed. They were not following the tradition of the elders. Jesus knows that the religious leaders are all about public piety. He knows that they are enamored with their self-perceived religious superiority identity. Today today we might use the phrase holier-than-thou identity. Jesus knows the religious leaders well and knows that they are only concerned about appearances on the outside. They really do not care about holiness on the inside. These religious leaders love to parade their piety publicly to be seen by others and applauded by them. So Jesus quotes to them a scripture from the prophet Isaiah. The words of that scripture are these. 
these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So now addressing the crowd, Jesus says, It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles, but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. As you probably know, sometimes Jesus' disciples were, were thick as a brick. They couldn't comprehend what Jesus was saying, so he repeated that again. What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, Jesus says, and that is what defiles. What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and that is what defiles. Jesus is talking about our words. He is telling us that our words are a barometer of our heart. Jesus is telling us that our words reveal our character. Now, just a few chapters earlier than this, in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus says a very similar thing. There, Jesus says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Our speech reveals what is really in our hearts. Even our casual words can reveal our deeply held attitudes. Our hearts, our words are indicators of what really matters, that being the state of our hearts. You see, unlike those religious leaders who confronted Jesus, we do not live our lives from the outside in. Rather, those of us who follow Jesus live our lives from the inside out. It is not just Jesus who talks about the importance of our words. In the Old Testament book of Proverbs, which is a a book of wisdom sayings, there are, are over 150 references to mouth, tongue, lips, words. Perhaps Proverbs 23 summarizes the teaching about the tongue best in this statement. To watch over our mouth and tongue is to keep out of trouble. To watch over mouth and tongue is to keep out of trouble. Well, friends, ain't that the truth? Another biblical book that talks about our words, our speech, is the little letter of James in the New Testament. It is only five chapters long, but it offers strong words about our words. Listen to these words found in James chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, and verses 9 and 10. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the image and likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. And then James ends that section by saying, My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. Let me be the first to admit that in my life I have set ablaze many fires by my words. I'll say it again. I will be the first to admit 
that across my life I have set ablaze many fires by my wrong use of words. Perhaps some of you listening in can identify with that. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our words are important. Our words matter. Perhaps we can all relate to the words of the famous 19th century preacher, Charles Spurgeon. He preached at Metropolitan Chapel in London for 38 years. Spurgeon famously said this, Some people's tongues are sharper than their teeth. The second century theologian and philosopher Clement of Alexandria commented that, quote, People are like worn shoes. They are all worn out but, but the tongue. Then there's the story of the pastor who preached a sermon titled, The Sins of the Tongue. After the sermon, the pastor issued an altar call for all who wanted to amend their ways to come forward. One of the persons who came forward was a man who was the biggest gossip in the entire congregation. This man said, Preacher, I want to dedicate my tongue to the Lord. I want to lay my tongue on the altar. The preacher hesitated for a moment and then responded, Well, I don't know. The altar is only 40 feet long and 10 feet wide, but we will do the best we can. Living a Christ-centered life involves coming to grips with our words, our speech. Living a Christ-centered life involves coming to grips with our speaking slips and our loose lips. Let me offer several suggestions we might take. Again, I parenthetically note that I need all of these suggestions just as much as any one of you who is out there listening. But first, be willing to be willing to use your words in positive, constructed, and life-giving ways. Godly wisdom involves using the power of words gracefully and redemptively. In the New Testament letter of Ephesians, we find these words of instruction. Let no evil talk come out of your mouth, but only what is useful for building up so that your words give grace to those who hear. Second, be quick to listen and slow to speak. We actually find these words in the letter of James, chapter 1, verse 19. There we read, You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Third, ask for God's help. To tame the tongue will take God's help. Apart from God's power, we will likely fail. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he makes this statement. For mortals, it is impossible, but for God, all things are possible. 
In our own strength, it will be impossible to tame our tongue. But with God's help, we can do all things. Throughout my life and ministry, I've found that with God, the impossible becomes Him possible. Number four, because our words reflect what is in our heart, consider this breath prayer. It comes from Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I try to walk for an hour a day. It is one of my primary times of prayer, and it is a time that uh, is a rich time of, of voicing different breath prayers. One of my favorites is just this scripture, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. It's a prayer that we can pray through all the waking hours of the day over and over again, asking God to cleanse our hearts. Fifth, refrain from criticizing others. Turn your critical feelings about others into prayers for them. And number six, keep a muzzle on that muscle in your mouth. And you may be thinking, well, Pastor Ray, you, there you go again with another alliterative phrase. But actually, actually, this is found in Scripture. In Psalm 39, verse 1, there are these words. I said, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will keep a muzzle on my mouth. I will keep a muzzle on my mouth. Dear friends in Christ, our words are powerful. Our words matter. May God give us God's grace so that we might choose and use our words wisely and redemptively, that our words may communicate life and not death. May our words bless and not curse. Again, it's been great to worship together with you today. If you would like to engage your faith with the community around you, we'd love to partner with you in that. You can visit our website, fvumc.org, to find out more information on what that looks like or to reach out to us. I'd like to extend another invitation for you to come and join us online or in person on Sunday mornings live. Uh, and while you're on our website, uh, again, if this is a regular place that you find spiritual sustenance, we'd love to partner with you as we serve our community here in the greater Fuquay Varina area. Um, fvumc.org slash give would help you uh, join with us in all of the wonderful work that happens in and through this family of faith here at Fuquay Varina United Methodist Church. It's been great to worship together with you, and we look forward to doing it again soon.